Catholic Sportsman Show. Uh, we'd love to have you where we have our intersection of our Catholics faith and sports. And Randy, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, Paul. How are you? Very good. Very good. And we have our special guest, uh, Patrick O'Hearn, here tonight with us. So Patrick, welcome. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. Good to have so, you. So before we get started, we always uh, start with prayer. Um, so we will say, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We just thank you for this time with Patrick, that we can share our faith and our love of sports. We just ask you to guide our conversation by sending the Holy Spirit down upon us. And we ask Our Lady to intercede for us for all of our intentions and our conversation. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Saint Sebastian, patron saint of Christian athletes. Pray for us. Blessed Carlo Acutis, the technical blessed for our podcast pray for, pray us. for us and saint joseph pray for pray us. for us in the name of the father the son and to the holy spirit amen amen all right so welcome again patrick and um just to kind of get things started i just want to introduce you um you are the the acquisitions editor of tan books and uh, you're also an author yourself so we'll talk about your book that you wrote a little bit later on. And um, at the beginning, we just want to kind of just let you go and and maybe share um, how your life has journeyed to this point with the you know sports and faith and and how how you got to today. Yeah. So I um, I was born in the North Dakota, kind of traveled with my dad's work. You know, we kind of got moved around quite a bit. And then we ended up in uh, Illinois, small town, Moline, Illinois, on the Mississippi River. And I grew up there for about 18 years. Uh, my parents are both from Ohio. So I think, uh, you know, every Saturday growing up, it was always uh, watching Ohio State football. Mm -hmm. And uh, and and that was kind of my, I, I think sports were always my love, being the youngest of three boys, you know, my, I always learned from my brothers, you know, walk, going to their games, you know, just watching them. I always wanted to, you know, to be an athlete. I had, you know, I think I had uh, aspirations of, you know, being a pro pro sports player. I think and, and it, most, most uh, people, I think most kids, that's kind of their goal when they're young. And, uh, you know, our family was, you know, we, you know, obviously mass was the most important thing. Every Sunday we would go and, um, I, you know, I think as, as the years have gone by, my parents and all of us have kind of become more devout, through, you know, through God's grace and the Holy Spirit working in Our Lady. Um, so, you know, I, I think uh, that whole, um, just the intersection of sports and our faith was, was definitely, those were kind of like the two, I would say pillars, obviously the faith was more, but, you know, sports growing up. And uh, so just, I think those are my, my favorite memories were, you know, just, I think every uh, 
Saturday watching games with my dad. And, and back in the nineties, you know, Ohio state kind of, they were not as good as they are now and they'd always get beat by Michigan. So my dad would, it became an occasion of sin for him. So he'd always go out and mow the lawn and, uh, but, but I just, I, I think I really loved, um, you know, just carrying that love. And that's something even it was last Saturday, I was watching the game with my, you know, we have a we're blessed with one son, um, Jude, who's, who just turned six. So I, you know, I watched, you know, the football game with him. So I think it's just a great way to carry on that tradition. And I see that in the same way with the faith, you know, you hand down your love for your sports in the same way that you hand on kind of similar, your love for um, God and, and all the devotions that the Catholic church has. Yeah. Beautiful. That's great. I know you played tennis in college, but you thought about being a college football recruiter. How does that translate into your work today at Tan Books? A great question. Yeah, that that was kind of my again touching on football. I just loved, you know. I think, you know, in, in college football, you see they have the different recruits. You know, you have five star recruits, which are the best players out there, and then you have four, three, and down to one. And some of the best players, if you look at it, they end up going to the NFL. There's there's a lot that are five star, but there's a more that are like three or two star recruits. They're not well known, but you know, as a recruiter, you kind of have an eye for talent. And I feel like as an editor of TAM Books, you know, we often think that um, authors, that they submit books to us, which, which happens quite a bit. But also, you know, the Holy Spirit puts ideas on our hearts and we go after authors. So, uh, you know, that's why I kind of, it's important that I'm kind of reading a lot of the magazines that are out there like Crisis and different article, different Catholic great websites out there and trying to scout for the next, you know, a big author, big you know, big Catholic author. And so I, that's where I, I kind of take that mindset as, as if I was a recruiter, like, um, you know, now in Tan, it's just, it's just, again, it's just kind of asking God and you know, obviously St. Anthony to like, where is, where is the, someone that could write, you know, because you might have the right idea for a book, but you need that the best author that can write that. And, and they may not have a passion for it. I think it often ha- it helps. Um, and I'll give you an example. We have a book coming out um, next year it's going to be on the holy face and there's a priest very holy priest named father lawrence carney and uh, we know um our lady revealed to this certain saint that the holy face devotion is so important against communism and so the, this uh, this was something for us to go after this author who's uh, completed his manuscript on this book and he you know you kind of see what authors have an interest in that subject but that's kind of how it works just that I think that finding the the right author and the right idea uh, to write the the best book that it's almost like yeah, what kind of motor do they have or <laughs> what sort of motivation and uh, yeah, that's interesting. It's all the aspects of uh, like an athlete, but applying to books. That's great. Um, well, and speaking of books, you wrote your own book, um, The Parents of the Saints. And when we were talking before, you, you were sharing some great stories about um, Solanus Casey. But if you want to share more, it'd be great just to talk about your book and and what what sort of sports did the Saints yeah. play? Yeah, of course. And so the book is it's the parents of the Saints. So you know, I wanted to focus on you know the parents. And I I yesterday uh, I was I was reflecting on a quote by Mother Angelica. She said that you know the canonized saints all, all they may not be the greatest saints in heaven. 
you know, it could be some old washerwoman that had, you know, that who loves God more than St. Augustine, you know, the canonized just means they're right they're they're in heaven, but there's others that aren't canonized. And so this book kind of came about that to show that, you know, um, that, that pursuit of holiness. And I argue that the parents of the saints, many of them were holier than their parents, I'm sorry, holier than their children. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but one of the stories, the Solana, blessed Solanus Casey, who was born in Wisconsin, and he's a, uh, he's a second beatified male, uh, from, you know, born in the U S and his family, um, they grew up, I want to say it was closer to the, the end of the, uh, 19th century. And they, they loved uh, playing baseball. They call them the Casey nine. Um, they had like nine boys and I think like you know, seven girls. And, uh, and I think that atmosphere that he grew up in of, uh, I often think of like just letting your children explore and be outside. It kind of shaped him. So um, that was important. And another saint to highlight is blessed Chiara Badano. And uh, she died at the age of 18 from uh, terminal bone cancer, but she was an avid tennis player. And uh, a very good tennis player, and and she ended up uh, passing away. But she offered up all her sufferings, you know, as a teenager, uh, to our Lord and for souls. And I think that's her ability to embrace the cross, you know, that that made her a saint. So those are two examples of how sports and obviously, uh, you know, John Paul II. I talk about his parents, but we, as you you and I both know, I mean, he he loved to ski. You know, he was even with even actually when his when his mother passed away, he was a young boy. And it was said that him and his father would play soccer together in their apartment. You know, so I think it's so important for as men, you know, as fathers to, uh, you know, to engage in sports with our children, even if we have no athletic ability. Right. Just to go out and maybe throw a baseball with them. I mean, you don't you don't need to be a professional baseball player to, you know, just just to do something with your children. And I think sports are that, uh, you know, a perfect medium for that. Right, exactly. Yeah, it helps uh, with the interaction and doing things side by side. And um, we we talked about our our technic, technical blessed uh, Carlo Cutes, who helps us out with our show. And he had a great um, thing that he did where he limited himself to one hour a week of video games. I mean, video games, not necessarily a sport, but I was uh, definitely impressed by his uh, discipline in that regard. Uh, but uh, now kind of moving to sports for, you know, from a personal level for yourself, you were, um, and if I remember correctly, you said you were the only practicing Catholic on a tennis team at a Catholic college. <laughs> so uh, can you describe that experience and the importance of prayer uh, in that uh, situation? Yeah, I, I remember going to, um, you know, our spring break trip to Florida. And, you know, I, I told my coach, I was like, I need to go to mass on Sunday. You know, we arrived on a, it was a Saturday. And so sure enough, you know, all my teammates are in the car, you know, in the big tennis van and, you know, I played tennis and they, they dropped me off. And, and I remember getting razzed and, you know, teased and stuff. And then later that day we played uh, Florida international, which like I was at NAIA, which is kind of like between division one and division two. Mm -hmm. And they were one of the best teams and they had, uh, and, and by God's grace, we kind of had a bet who could win the most games off these guys. Cause a lot of these guys are like superstars from, you know, from overseas that they would get. And, uh, you know, by God's grace, I got the most games and I, I you know, I, I was kind of like, yeah, that's, that's what happens when you go to mass. I mean, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it was, you know, I, I wish I would, you know, witness more by praying and, but I definitely, there was, I could sense, you know, the, the persecution from my teammates for, 
you know, for being a devout Catholic. Uh, so it was, it was definitely a tough, and I, I decided the next year, you know, I, instead of playing tennis, I, I ended up like, um, I joined the pro-life club at the, te- you know, at the, uh, at our college. I just felt like, Hey God, like, you know, this, I, I love tennis, but this isn't everything to me. I, I feel like my mission is to do something even greater. And so then the next year I decided not to, to play, but, uh, I did play two years. I played in another college before that, but I played two years in tennis in college. Yeah. But on the flip side, I mean, were there any like experiences where someone saw your example of faith maybe on the team and that helped them maybe? Yeah. Yeah. There was, um, that one of the times when we were in spring break, you know, a lot of the guys went to go to a club and party and I I just decided, you know, I'm going to stay back and, you know, I just, you know, and uh, I, I think a lot of them, the one guy was like, wow, that was, that was like, that took a lot of courage to stay back. And so, no, definitely. I, I definitely witnessed to them and, uh, you know, a couple of my teammates. So, yeah, like you said, you can't, uh, you know, often we want to stay in a Catholic bubble and, and, but we can't, you know, we got to go out and, uh, you know, do our best to bring in these people through a godly example. And, uh, yeah, take the basket off the light and let the light shine. That's right. Yeah. The city on the hill. Yes. Let's talk a little bit about suffering, sacrifice, effort in sports. All those exist in sports. Jesus fell three times, so he set the standard for us. How does this relate to sports in life in general? I think, um, you know, especially in, in, uh, sports, one of the elements, you know, often, you know, these team sports, we talk about sacrifice. And I remember in eighth grade, you know, my coach, you know, he wanted, um, his son to start on the team. So he's like, Hey, can you come off the bench? And I was like, Hey, that's, what's best for the team. But I think, you know, we see that today that the mentality when you're any, any team sport, like, you know, football, basketball, baseball, you know, that, that's why the greatest championship teams, they're the ones where players are, you know, they're sacrificing. They don't, they don't care so much about the individual stats. And I, and I think that, 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 uh, obviously that even translates into the faith aspect too, is, you know, because I mean, you know, in sports there's pride and envy are really common. And I think, you know, and that happens even in the spiritual life too, you could look at someone and be like, Hey, they're, look at this person, they're living a, they're a holier person. They've written a better book than me or done this stuff. And, and God's saying, you know, even at a company or anything you do in life, or you could look at the neighbor, your Catholic, you know, when you go to mass and you can say, wow, these people, they have like 10 kids. And here I am with one kid, you know, and of course I'd love to have, we'd love to have 10 kids, but just saying, okay, Lord, that's right now, this is your will is for me to embrace this cross that we're going through. So I think, um, and then in terms of suffering, I, I think we see it, you know, you guys playing or just, and I had a, a knee surgery in high school that like I had to miss run across country. And that was so painful to be deprived of something that I loved. And, but I think suffering kind of makes you appreciate something even more when it's taken away from you. Like, you know, when our health is, you know, we suffer in that regard, or even, you know, in the, in our sufferings in the spiritual life, we just have to know that like that God has a greater purpose for it. Absolutely. And sometimes just, yeah, like giving it up for your teammate to help them and, you know, they, so they can, you know, maybe shine or, or do the particular play that they're better at, let's say, or something like that. But, uh, 
Yeah, so definitely Jesus set the standard for us. Yeah, and um, even that thing about, um, you know, like we talked about Jesus falling three times. I think, you know, I, I think the greatest things we learn is from failure. You know, often, mm, uh, you know, we uh, we measure our life by success, but uh, and the most things that I've learned is just, you know, by whether it's failing in a sport uh, or even in a, in a job performance, you know, it's like, okay, what can I, can I learn? And, and today we don't want to fail because, but often it, it keeps us humble. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, and sometimes we don't do things because we're afraid to fail. But, you know, if you don't really put your foot out there and give it a shot, you'll never know. And you always wonder, oh, what, you know, <laughs> I could have tried, right? If I did it, you know, give it a shot. So absolutely. Um, when we talked uh, before, um, you had uh, you had inspiring coaches along along the way in your, you know, sport past and um you want to talk about some of those coaches that really inspired you and um what you know what they did special or you know how did how you think they molded their players to do the best they could i did you know was when i was in high school i always played soccer up to eighth grade and then i decided to go out for cross country because my dad was an assistant coach and Mm -hmm. i wanted to spend time with him you know he worked a lot and so that was you know it's time i don't regret and I think my dad and then the head coach, you know, I always liked it before all of our cross country meets, you know, I went to a Catholic high school and we'd always, we'd always pray before. And uh, I, I think that that was just, there was a lot of, there was, a, I think just, they were very positive and encouraging and they had fun. And so I, I think that's, that kind of made the difference because every other sport that I played, I, I felt like the coaches were kind of in it for themselves. You know, it was about mm-hmm. getting their children to play that was kind of the, the main reason and, and a lot of negativity, you know, like when you make a mistake, you know, in basketball, I just got, you know, I remember in, in sophomore year, I was on the end of the bench and I was in tears because I made one mistake and I drove wow. down the lane and I got a charge, a charging call against me. The coach pulled me out of the game and, and then I just sat me for the rest of the game. And I just, I just felt like, man, why, why won't you give me another chance to come back in the game? And uh, so I, I know you asked about the positive. I, I, to be honest with you, I've only had like one really, I would say, one or two good coaches and, and probably of all my year, maybe two or three of all the years that I played sports, just cause I felt like a lot of them were, they either, they were kind of, uh, they wouldn't allow you to make mistakes or they're kind of in it for themselves. So, mm. Yeah. Mm. But, but sports is a, a great opportunity to just instill confidence in yourself because you, when as a young person in particular, because you're kind of running around the soccer field when you're a young kid or something, but if someone gives you a chance and then instills confidence in you, that can translate into your schoolwork or your family life or faith life or your work life. And uh, it's such a, it's, it's too bad. Like you said, maybe not a lot of coaches are, you know, uh, positive examples, but it's a great opportunity for those coaches to help make young people, you know, be better versions of themselves essentially. Yeah. I, I think a lot of, um, you know, in our climate today, where a lot of children are, they grow up without even dads, and I think that's mm-hmm. a coach is like a you know that's like their only father figure they have, and that and and that's where I you know hopefully my son I haven't like pushed him to play any sports yet, um, but but I could see that totally as you know that's why a godly coach I mean it's I, I almost think that they can have more impact on the world than a, a priest could actually. I mean, if you think about it, the souls that, that, that are in charge, that, you know, like a college, imagine an NFL coach or a college coach, just the reach that they can have. 
is you can't even fathom it. And so, um, so that's why I think we need, there's a call for like having, you know, like the Vince Lombardi's, we need some really good, you know, I'm not praying that we get some godly men that uh, I know there are a few out there, but just, you know, more in our ranks, you know, even middle school, high school, and because they are, they'll be like the, the only father figure that some of these kids get. Yeah. Cause you had mentioned, we talked before too, about uh, with Kevin Stefanski. He's the coach of the Browns. He's Catholic. I don't know if you want to share a little bit about his. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know a whole lot about him. I do know my parents have, uh, you know, they're in uh, the diocese of Cleveland and they had an article about him, how, you know, how he makes, you know, make sure he goes to mass every Sunday. And I think he, you know, with, when he takes his children with him. So I think, you know, just, just the fact alone, like when you're traveling on the road, some of these coaches will make, you know, they'll have a chaplain um, to, to celebrate mass and they invite, you know, some of the players or coaches who are Catholic. I think that's a, you know, it's such an important uh, role that they can play. Right. And, uh, you know, comforting for the players too, that they can, you know, he's a good man trying to live as best he can. Yeah. So it's good. And Vince Lombardi, another great example. I think he was like a Knight of Columbus, I think. So, yeah. But, yeah, he, yeah. Went to day, he went to daily mass and there, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, I, th- I know like the coach for Cincinnati, I think they're ranked number two. He, I'm pretty sure he's a devout Catholic, Luke Fickle, and I think even maybe, I mean, there's a lot of them. And I know the Rams, I want to say, or the Chargers coach, I think he went to University of Dayton, a Catholic. I'm pretty sure he's, he might be Catholic, but there, there's quite a few of them. I think a lot of them, you know, they, you know, maybe there's just fear of not, you know, you know, they're kind of, they live their faith, but it's more of a quiet faith in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, maybe they're not as vocal as, as they ought to be, but maybe that's, you know, God say, hey, like, I want you just to influence your players. You don't need to go out and be like a spokesman for, you know, the Catholic church, but. Right. Right. Don Chula. I think yeah. We did yeah. a show about that, you know, a long time ago too. So. And Lou yeah. Holtz is another, I mean, Lou Holtz is one of my heroes, you know, I, I, I'm uh, so. Yeah. Randy, I'm surprised you didn't jump in there with that Notre well, Dame coach. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, it was a while ago, but we also did a podcast about coach K. Oh, right. Right. From Duke. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. He's a big time. He's a big time Catholic, and he's a big time witness, and he's got all these charities that he gives to. So, yeah, he's a real inspiration. Yep. Did was he was he on your show? No, we just we just talked about him. We didn't have him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Highlighted a bunch of coaches, but yeah, another great example for sure, Randy. And then. Patrick, you had mentioned John Wooden, which to me is really fascinating because, you know, obviously given the success he had at UCLA, a, a real interesting um, coach. I, I don't know if you had anything you want to share about him in particular either. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, uh, yeah, my, my, uh, my sister-in-law's father actually played for John Wooden for a couple of years and then he had a, a, a knee injury. And so that she's always been talking about John Wooden. And then I actually, I have a book that she gave my brother that got passed on to me. And it was about his summer camps and it was written by Pat Williams. Who's I think he's the president of the Orlando magic. And he talked about, you know, that, um, you know, John Wooden, you know, he wasn't all about winning. If anything, he was, it was all about execution. Hmm. And, uh, and he just knew that like, if you execute well, winning will follow. And, and it was, and I think too, like the, the other thing he had was like a 
like a connection with all of his players. He got to know them. And, and even I think he wouldn't tolerate swearing, cussing, you know, cussing. Hmm. And, uh, and I think that's the kind of lost, you know, I, I sat behind a, a Rutgers Ohio state game and the interim Rutgers coach, this was a couple of years ago, just cussing out F words, you know, just cussing out all these, all the players. And I, I, I wrote to their athletic director. I just said, you know, like I'm sitting there. I mean, I could have had my son with me. Mm-hmm. And they never, they never replied, but you see someone that's, that's success. I mean, John Wooden's the most successful coach and uh, he, he was a you know very devout Christian and he, you know, he, he, winning wasn't everything to him, which is, which is surprising because today it's, you know, you see teams that'll cheat just to win, you know, for. Uh, mm-hmm. That's unfortunate. Yeah. But it's interesting that you say that, like, it's an interesting angle that if you can execute at the smallest level, Right. I mean, it's like Jesus and the talents. Right. If he gives us one, he'll give us five, he'll give us ten. But if we can do things well in small matters, then that can hopefully translate into larger matters, which is, you know, the rest of our lives. So that's a that's a great example of how to handle things, basically. Yeah, yeah I even think that that, that that's um, applies to the spiritual life, which, you know, if we can do that, does the little things well. Even it's like people are like it. You know, it's like the, I, the saints were saying it's better to pray one Hail Mary devoutly than say a rosary and, you know, rattle it off super quick. You know, it's just doing small things well. And then, you know, St. Therese shows us that. And uh, again, it's, it's all about, uh, you know, because I think we're like, we have this ideal of, um, you know, it's the spiritual life as this moment of these, these, these supernatural highs, like, you know, on Mount Tabor, right? But it's really, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's just like the day, as you guys know, just in your family, just like the little things. And, and you may not get the pat on the back for, you know, doing the dishes, but it's like you do things and uh, offer up little prayers, sacrifices, and those add up to, you know, in, the, in heaven, it's like a, it's just a, it's a great gift and we'll never know in this life. But Yeah, what the extra effort we did means in the grand scheme of yeah. things. And it is interesting here. We're talking on All Souls Day right after All Saints Day. Right. <laughs> and we're just rattling all these uh, saints off. But uh, yeah, that's so true. It's in the ordinary sometimes for most of the time where, where people really shine. You know, a lot of people don't even really notice it. Yeah, there's no lights, no cameras. But yeah. you're just unloading the dishwasher. Yay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like that practice, you know, we, we talk about like, you know, if you practice well, you know, it's, it's kind of a, that's all, you know, a lot of people just take it for granted and they just go to the game, but it's all being prepared. And, you know, I think that's what, you know, as we, you know, as we will be coming to uh, Advent in another month and it's just preparing ourselves, you know, we, for Christ's second coming, you know, I think that's, that's being alert. and Yeah, that's so true. I mean, especially, yeah, with Advent coming up, right. Just to another season to prepare, prepare our hearts. A good, good point. Yep. Another question we have is, what, what do you want to say to to those who are listening, who are struggling with either sports or struggling with their faith. Yeah, I, I would say, um, you know, we have different, you know, I, I, I'll use the analogy of sports, you know, like everybody wants the Super Bowl, 
but it, it, often it's, it's the in, when you're on the injured reserve, when you're suffering and that makes you, that'll, you'll appreciate the Super Bowl, which is eternity, you know? So in this life, we see like all the, this, the twists and turns and all the sufferings that we experience. And sometimes we wonder what's the point of it. But as I mentioned earlier, we don't, we don't know the impact that that can have on like just offering up our sufferings for the souls in purgatory. And, uh, and even with sports too, I, I think uh, there's a, we all go through moments of whether it's playing sports or our love for sports when our team disappoints us. And it's kind of made me realize like, you know, God never disappoints us, you know, things, you know, earthly things will always let us down, you know, in terms of like whether our sports team loses or whether we uh, make the varsity team or we get this scholarship. And I think it's just keeping our eyes on the prize of eternity. And, and that's, you know, and, and I, I look at it like this way. I think St. Faustina mentioned that she said, we're on a grand stage. And so all the saints in heaven, you know, they're, they're cheering for us. They're watching us. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and they would give like, I, they would give, they, they say they'd give like even one minute just to come down and suffer more for God. So they could have a higher place in heaven, a closer wow. union with God. Wow. And I think it's, for us too, like how, how much I, I look at my life and like how much I've wasted so much suffering and I've wasted so much time on things that don't matter. And, and I, I, you know, every day is a chance to start over. And as we know, going to confession, it's so beautiful. You know, you can start over no matter, you know, like someone that's, you know, some of the greatest saints are, they were some of the greatest sinners. So I think there's just to have hope and to persevere. That'd be my message. Yeah. I think it's interesting to say that on All Souls Day, <laughs> that they give yeah. anything to have one more minute to go back and suffer more on, on earth. That's yeah, pretty amazing timing. And so it's so unique, such a unique thought these days, because especially here in America, that's one thing people try to avoid is suffering. They take pills, they take drugs, they take alcohol, anything to avoid suffering. And as a as a Catholic and as a Christian, I, I know that we kind of run towards it. We're called to run towards it sometimes. Of course, we we avoid it when we can, but we don't we don't run away from it when it. When it comes for the love of, of God. It's sometimes we need a nudge yeah. to get on that field and run the race, St. Paul said, right, to cross the finish line. You know, it's interesting. I, I put that quote in my book, but St. Zelie Martin, St. Therese's mom, you know, she died of breast cancer in her 40s. And she goes, I never pray for suffering, you know, because God knows what I need. And I think it's a really good point. Like, I mean, if, if you really want to pray for suffering, you know, I, I don't pray for suffering, but I just pray for the grace to to uh, em embrace it or to, you know, to be, to not complain and say, and I think that's kind of the key. You know, we don't go out of our way to like, hey, I'm going to be like a martyr. But, but I mean, even that desire, there's people, the saints, a lot of them had desires to be martyrs, you know, and, and right now for us, um, that could be a possibility in the future, um, but for us, it's to be like, to prepare ourselves as white martyrs to, you know, just to, you know, to offer each day, you know, our sufferings. Yeah. Day by day. And what a great saint, St. Therese. Yeah. yeah. That was a great 
great experience to write that book for yourself, right? I, I did. I, I kind of wrote it really for myself. And I also, you know, I, I thought to myself too, if you know, God, God can take any of us any moment, I thought to myself, I want my son to know who my heroes are. And these parents are, they're my heroes because they were hidden, you know, and I, I think uh, just an example for all of us that, uh, you know, and on the front cover, I don't have a copy, but I, I, I felt like God wanted me to use that image. It's an, and you guys would appreciate it being California, but it's an image of an oyster with a pearl in there. And I, and I said that that image kind of, the oyster stands for the parents, the seashell, you know, because they form this child as the pearl and that pearl will like live on. Right. But then the seashell is washed ashore and it's forgotten about. And that's kind of, we're kind of like John the Baptist. We want our children to increase and we decrease. Like we want them to become holier than we are, you know, mm. provided we become as holy as we should. But I think that's kind of, that's kind of the motto of the parents of the saints. Like they, they wanted their children to be saints and they're going to do everything possible. Yeah. That's a great, yeah. great way to put it. And uh, the sacrifice of parents. We just yeah, visited our friends that had a baby last night. I was just looking at the baby. It's like, wow, this is awesome. And they're on this, just starting the journey. So it's good for them. So, uh, but for someone out there, like let's say there's someone, like a young person or anyone, maybe there's someone older who wants to um, maybe try a sport or do something, what would you like to say to them to help encourage them or maybe kind of get through some of the difficult things that you experienced as a young person and trying to, work through things. Yeah. I think it's easy to see the end product. You know, when you see these athletes that are, you know, that they're, they're so gifted and that it's really, you know, God gave them the talent and then they kind of use that talent. Like we talked about the, the talents that God gives you and they didn't bury that treasure. You know, they just kept, you know, using the grace and, and, and persevered on it. So I, I think for young people, it's, it's also to find out what you love, you know, like, and, and I think as parents, sometimes we, we can try to live through our children and force them to play the sports that we want. So it's important, uh, I think for young people, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, I know I love tennis and, but um, my parents didn't play tennis at all. And my uncle did, and he was always a baseball player, but he taught me how to play tennis. And so um, I guess I'd say just, just find what you, you know, what you're, what you enjoy. And it doesn't help. You know, I think it doesn't hurt really to get lessons too, you know, like that, you know, you learn from the best Jesus taught his apostles how to pray. Right. So you, sometimes it's important for you to go and, you know, um, to find that person that can kind of teach you, maybe you want to learn how to play golf or tennis. That's a good point. Yeah. Just to find a good mentor that can really kind of, like you said, as a, as a perfect example, Jesus taught them how to pray. Someone can show you how to do the right tennis serve or, whatever it is. Right. That's a good uh, piece of advice. Yeah. But I think too, at the end of the day, like sports should bring enjoyment. And if, if you're, if you're not enjoying it, then you probably should quit. You know, like if it's just, it's just not fun. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, even, even I would say that even with sports, right. If it becomes an occasion of sin where all you're doing is watching your favorite team lose and you're cussing and, and it's making you like a bad spouse that whole week, then probably shouldn't watch it, you know, and, and, uh, like golf, right. I always say golf's the quickest way to go to confession, <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's also a challenge too. Like you have, I think it, again, sports are like, that's why St. Paul used that analogy because it is, it's, it's so uh, tantamount to the spiritual life because you're always trying to uh, run that race and get to the finish line and, and improve yourself. 
right? Perseverance. Yeah. And especially in our faith walk. Yeah. 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 And that's great. Well, thank you very much for sharing all that, Patrick. Um, and anything else you'd like to share about your book or your faith or anything just in general on your journey? Yeah. I feel like I've been talking about myself more. And I don't want to hear about you guys. <laughs> that's how Randy more. and I set it up. Yeah. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> that's the name of, uh, of the game for us. Yeah. No, I, I think too, you know, I, I was talking to a good priest about this because even with sports, you know, I think to find that balance, you know, I think as men, we can often, I know I'm guilty of wasting a lot of time, whether it's like, especially growing up looking at ESPN and all the stats and it's like, you're kind of attracted to it so much. It's just this, you know, like the news, like who got traded. And I don't know if you guys are like that, but it's just, and it's almost like this grass for the, for God. And I think just in anything in life, you know, that sports need, it has to have that proper balance, that moderation. So I think that, that, that's something that's key, but also to think, you know, there's some people you can get in very traditional circles too, that say, you know, certain people will say, Hey, sports is bad. Or, and so, you know, you shouldn't teach your kids how to play sports, just, you know, focus on the spiritual life, but there's something beautiful about sports. And, and obviously it's, it's when you have children, it's so many great memories you have, whether it's fishing, uh, you know, hunting, and, and these are important skills. So I think we can't just throw out things. Everything is good that God made. Right. And it builds community too. It brings people together, brings teams together, but like families or communities. And like, like you said, it's not too overbearing. It's good. Yeah. yeah and, and I think too, in, in the workplace, I mean, I, I, I have a lot of my old position. I had a lot of, you know, I've fallen away Catholics and you know, I've met some atheists and the common denominator I had with them was sports. It was the way that I could bridge in. And if all I did was focus in on the faith and beat it over their heads, you, know, you should come into the church. But I felt like I got to know what teams they liked. And then, and then I maybe tried to throw in a few, like, Hey, Hey, do you know this coach is Catholic or he's Christian? you know, like their favorite coach. And I think that that's one way. Uh, and I don't know about you guys, you know, maybe you can probably tell me about certain ways to like use sports as a tool to evangelize. It's definitely a great segue. Yeah. To another conversation or right. just, yeah. Have fun at the water cooler for sure. That breaks a lot of barriers down. Well, Patrick, thank you so much for coming. And yeah, sorry, we, we make our guests talk all the time. <laughs> we, we enjoy it because Randy and I get to meet some fascinating people and just hear about their lives. And that's, that's why we like to do this show and just share the gift. Thank you. Thank you both for interviewing me. It's, it's been an honor and uh, you know, God bless your work. Yeah, you the same. Oh, thank you. It's a yeah, very thank important you very work. much. God bless you. And and all that you do with your your family and your your job at Tan Books. Yeah, well, thank, I was going to tell you too. One, I, I should put a plug in for Tan, just because you know I, I see some of the greatest books, and it's kind of like a lineup that you have. And we we do have a uh, we, we had one come out called Behold the Desire. It's on the, the real presence in the Eucharist using science and the scriptures and tradition, you know, from the Church Fathers. And, and uh, it's also, there's a forward by Bishop Strickland. So that's an unbelievable book. We also have one called the St. Gallen Mafia that kind of talks about some of the, you know, some of the, I would say some of the Cardinals that have a li you know, a liberal agenda in the church. And, uh, and then we have a, we'll have one, a Pope Benedict bi biography coming out by Joseph Pierce in December. 
Oh wow! And uh, so a lot of a lot of great content, and uh, you know, I know. Uh, so I I love working at Tan. It's 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 uh, it's been a blessing. So I thank you for your guys' support of Tan Books and. Uh, oh yeah, our pleasure. Yeah, excellent uh, library of books and resources yeah. from many great authors. So thank you. Yeah. yeah. And Randy, you want to bring us out then with a closing prayer? Sure. Okay. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you for this time together, and we thank you for for Patrick and his his life and his sharing, his, his witness. We ask your blessing on him and his family and his work. We thank you for our listeners. We pray that that somehow our our podcast can lead them closer to you we pray all these things hail mary full of grace the lord is with thee blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb jesus holy mary mother of god pray for us sinners sinners. now Now and at the hour of our death death. Amen. amen Amen. All right. Amen. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
Tomorrow.